Notorious OTB on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by SGPN's Big Game Squares Contest. It's a $1,000 prize pool and completely free to enter. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash squares to enter today. We're also brought to you by the SGPN's Big Game Bingo $57 SGPN gift card for every bingo hit exclusively on the SGPN app. Welcome, everybody, to the Notorious OTV, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And as always, it's all good, baby, baby. It was all a dream. We used to read Blood Horse Magazine. I'm your host, Chase Sessoms, the Wolf of Oaklawn. If you're live here with me recording this, happy Thursday. If you're listening, happy Friday. We recorded it in advance. Don't, Don't give away our secrets. We're here talking about... Gulfstream, Holy Bull weekend, and I've got someone, someone making the return trip once again, just pumping up the scoreboard. I'm a big fan of her, Sarah El Badwe. Welcome back. Thanks for having me yet again. Now, how close am I getting to Matt DeSantis as far as repeat appearances? Because I feel like we're really neck and neck for this thing. I, you know, I. I told myself that I would actually go through and get like the scoreboard and be like aggressive about it and maybe bring like felt tip marker in the mix. And uh, long story short, I am clinically disorganized. So that shit didn't get done. Uh, I'll look it up. I'll look it up eventually. I don't know. I've got a flight coming up at the end of this month. That seems like a good time to do podcast math. Yeah, for sure. Whenever you're stuck sitting down somewhere, that's the time to get things done. So how have things been going for you? Things have been good. About to take a new job, as you may or may not have heard. I know you've heard, but sure. I didn't know how much of that was was to be talked about, so I, I decided to be coy going into that and let you reveal all that yeah. you wanted to reveal. Uh, did you have a good Pegasus? Did you have a good Pegasus weekend? It was okay. It could have been better, but it was fun to watch. So I'm hopeful that Holy Bull weekend is a little bit better um, as far as my bankroll goes. But it was it was a great weekend of racing, a lot of cool performances. And Art Collector, now he's uh, he's a, painted a masterpiece in there. Listen, I don't mean any disrespect to Art Collector when I say this. It doesn't mean that I, I think it's any less of a talented horse, that the win in the Pegasus was any you know anything worth shirking off but uh art collector is the most forgettable horse on the face of the planet at least three times in my handicapping life i've had to say oh yeah uh, art collector yeah i remember art collector just i mean what we had that really impressive win in the bluegrass it was a horse that everyone loved for the derby and then just kind of fell off the scene popped up it's made three million dollars i contend that is going to be the most expensive most forgettable horse semen on the face of the planet pretty soon you would have <laughs> well, to put because- a lanyard around it if you if you got just like a jar to go otherwise you'd leave it on the bus <laughs> it's funny because his pedigree isn't really that bad and he could be one of those stallions that is kind of okay even though his races were 
also kind of okay. And I think that's the the nicest thing that we can say about him. But that field was also not so okay. So, I mean, for him to get the job done, it, it makes some sense in hindsight, but he wasn't really anywhere on my radar. See, all right, so I could be talking about Art Collector. I could be talking about a completely other horse because I can never remember who Art Collector is. But it was like the the closing quarter or the closing half from the bluegrass basically made that horse a star, and it like never ran back as as good to that last closing half, closing quarter, which was like freakish in the bluegrass. I think that's what happened. We got we got hype beasted on the figure. That seems to happen a lot with a lot of horses. Um, yeah, I mean, I've never really been his biggest fan. He's always kind of been only all right to me, but um, great performance. And we'll see what happens with him as far as uh, what the plan is next. And I mean, I'm hoping that the Mott train continues to roll through Holy Bull weekend, at least, because he has a horse in the Holy Bull that I think that he certainly has a shot in there. Um, Junior Alvarado and he certainly team up quite a bit. So mm-hmm. a little uh, sneak peek to who I might be leaning towards in that race. But yeah, Pegasus weekend, um, some some mild upsets, some shocks. And at least it wasn't as chalky as last year because, I mean, star power, yes, but prices, not so much. Yeah, the the lack of star power made for just a way better betting card than I than I remember there being but uh yeah man it was interesting results we're going back to the land of the weird concrete centaur or the weird concrete pegasus golf stream this weekend this weekend get a look at the late pick five with Sarah here uh holy bull weekend this is like seriously one of like three weekends where I actually like really pay a lot of attention to golf streams so I'll be looking forward to the to the holy bull and uh yeah We'll get into this uh, pick five sequence after I get a quick word in from the people who pay the bills. We'll be right back with more Notorious OTB brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is the official online sports book of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states and there are tons of ways to win, including live betting and same game parlays, a.k.a. WinBet's Build Your Own Bet. The big game is here and WinBet has you covered. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. Ready to play? Sign up today and receive a special offer. Bet $100, get $100, limited state availability. And of course, if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you get a $1,000 free credit. So much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know that we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present the state where play through winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Welcome back, everybody, to the Notorious OTV, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Where's the sound drop? Oh, I'm so out of... Sorry. My, my glaucoma medication's taken in, guys. All right. Let's talk about this late pick five. Starts race eight. It's a 75,000, non-winners of one, allowance going a mile on the dirt. Uh, I decided to – I'm going to go ahead and give you my strategy for this pick five at Gulfstream for Saturday. Starting race eight, it's going to be look at early speed on the dirt because it's a big stakes week and I have a feeling it's going to be just scraped down and built for speed. Uh, and then when it comes to turf, it also seems really, you know, early speed favoring on the turf as well. So it's just speed, speed, speed. That's what I'm looking at on, on these tickets. Did you have anything that you were looking at whenever you to consider, uh, 
for the work as a whole? Uh, for the entire thing, I think you have to think a lot about Todd Fletcher because he's present in pretty much uh, the entire sequence until you get to the last race, which is the Holy Bull. Um, so he's on my radar for a lot of these races, either trying to beat him or using his horses, of which we have two in here. And honestly, this race kind of looks like the real Holy Bull. I, this is a, there's a, there's a horse in this race that just honestly looks like an absolute monster. And it's such a have to use or have to toss sort of horse. And I'm talking about the seven Shesterkin, uh, in this race. Um, did you use or did you toss Using. and try to find a price? Yeah. He's in it, here. I mean, it's hard to get past him because of his early speed it's hard to get past the inside horse tap it trice going out for the same barn who has certainly shown quite a bit of a closing kick in his two starts i think that shesterkin's going to be the slightly shorter price just like it is on the morning line just because he's going to be in front of his stable mate you just you look at the speed figure and you look at the fractions going seven furlongs i mean 22 and two is pretty damn quick going seven furlongs uh you know for, for the seven furlongs anywhere. The works are sharp. I'm afraid what will happen is Sisterkin will just run everybody off the page whenever I manufacture a, a you know, some sort of like speed duel or something that, that causes it, you know, down and that, you know, not happen. Cause I've seen it a million times where just the fastest horse on a Saturday just runs away from the rest of the field. So I, I feel very icky, but uh, maybe the words of James Brown will make you feel less icky. Um, yes, I'm, I'm saying it. I, I want to mingle. You want to mingle? Yeah. Now I'm single and Shesterkin to start. It's a bold move, and I don't blame you. Is there anyone else in here that you would want to consider after these two Todd Pletcher horses? Really, no. Uh, maybe Classic Car Wash, but the Classic Car Wash would have to win the duel. I don't think the the horse would would win the duel with Shesterkin. Uh, but just by chance, I could see that maybe you know being just an outside one. But yeah, I, I really thought Shesterkin and you know uh, Tap at Trice were the, really the only ways that you could go, and figured you had to get, pick one or the other, either Tap at Trice or Shesterkin. Yeah, I'm feeling a little ickier because I am going to pick both, but I have some opinions later on that I'm going to try to beat some other shorter prices. So hopefully that makes this a little bit more worthwhile because I didn't really see a ton to separate these two to the point where I had a strong opinion leaning either way. I'll give you one horse to consider underneath, and that's the longest shot in the field, hard to handle, who is a first time gelding in here. He's a number two. Maybe this is the bomb that you want in those exotics because this one is a half to jilted bride who is 21 for 22 in the money and multiple graded stakes placed. Now she is the most successful sibling, but this horse won second time out at seven furlongs with a 69 buyer. Um, then he was uh, going against <clears throat> um, others in a synthetic race. He was facing others in a state bred stakes race. Uh, and then last time out, he was going six furlongs. So now he's getting to stretch back out a little bit. First time returning to a dirt race that isn't a sprint or that Florida sire in reality stakes. First time Lasix, first time gelding. Maybe he gets third and maybe you get paid a little bit in the try. But outside of those other uh, other two that bookend this field, I did not really see another win contender. The I think a sneaky horse, if this does fall apart, would be the six emperor's appeal. Just looking at what the horse did last time at a mile after a hop start uh, and closing into a pretty slow fraction. I mean, it was a, 
you know, one mile race at Gulfstream 24 and two, uh, you know, was able to, to pick off the, uh, the early speed there. Plus it's got, uh, the man who crushes dreams in such electrifying fashion, Joel Rosario aboard too. So if I were going to throw out a long shot, uh, that would be it. It would be a horse like that to just pick up the pieces from around everybody. But, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, not a f- huge fan of hockey, so I'm, I'm anti this, uh, trend of hockey <laughs> names popping up in, in horse racing. Let's move on to race nine. $175,000 kittens, joy stakes. It's a great two going eight and a half furlongs on the turf. Uh, I, I mean, you watched Pegasus weekend with me. Did you have the same kind of, uh, feeling that you needed to be somewhere near the front end to close or to, to win, uh, on this turf track? I mean, I felt like that was the case prior to the Pegasus weekend. Um, yeah, but most horses, were, horses were able to make up some ground, especially um, up to the mark. I mean, he, he got the setup of all setups. Every time you see not far now in a race, you know that there's going to be some pace on. And he was making a really bold move on the turn. I mean, Pete Aiello caught it in his call. But um, that's kind of where I was going in this race, early speed on the turf. It just it does well with jockeys that are frequent flyers in the Naira colony where Nobody goes, um, and nobody goes quickly. And the horse that I thought could be the one that goes is actually the number six dude in Colorado who gets back to the turf after running on the synthetic last time out. Um, I know that Candidate gets the rail, and we know what he's going to do from the inside, and we know that Major Dude is also going to be close early, but I don't see him involved um, on the lead, whereas a dude in Colorado, he's a half to Spanish mission who's a $2 million plus earner. I think he's going to take a step forward returning to the turf. And I mean, he hasn't run badly in his two races so far. So he's the one that I want at a little bit of a price going into this race to possibly upset his stable mate and the inside runner. There wasn't a ton going on outside of those three that I was really considering in here. You know, I, I'm i going with my assertion that I think you need to be basically in like the first two flights of pace here. And what I saw was I agreed with you that Dude in Colorado looks like the speed of speed here, the most likely to send. Uh, I, I think it would probably going to work out to the, the benefit of like a, you know, a horse like a stable mate number four major dude. Uh, but I did see other horses kind of pressing and going with like the one from the rail, also the eight getting up and uh, and kind of press- pressuring that makes me want to stay away from from Duden, Colorado, especially with the presence of a stable mate with a different run- running style. And so what I decided was to throw a run style at this race, go three deep with the horses I think will be sitting in that second wave of pace. And that's going to be the four major dude, the five lights of Broadway, uh, big win in stakes debut, uh, second on turf, could improve off of uh, all weather. For Mark Cassie uh, and the seven congruent uh, and Antonio Sano trained Colt took a huge step forward in his first career uh, start on turf and then faced trouble last out could be dangerous the clean start so uh, you know just kind of a smattering it's kind of like just ordering Waffle House hash browns and just you know whatever shit you want to just smattered smothered covered whatever just the entire run style mark me down for that <laughs> I mean, if for once we do actually see some real pace develop, I mean, those are the kind of horses you want in that next flight to be a part of the things. I just feel like it's so rare for that to actually happen that I'll let that scenario beat me if it does. Uh, Bapio is one that I think wants a little bit of give in the ground. He's run his better races with with some uh, moisture in the surface. Congruent, like you said, did really improve switching to the turf. Lights of Broadway, I think, is the the likeliest one of the ones that you mentioned to upset things. He was kind of the next use for me. I just thought that I wanted the horses that 
A, had faced each other from the Dania beach and done well, and then also possibly this new case presence. It's a it's an interesting race. You have so many horses. I mean, you know, my friend Caleb Knight, one of his cardinal rules is he hates betting horses that broke their maiden last out. Now you have a stakes race that's pretty much full of horses that just broke their maiden next out. And there's so many just like kind of hold your nose kind of things that you have to come up with whenever you're playing these races, it seems. All right. We're going to be moving on to race 10. But first, I got to get a quick word in. A few ad reads. That's right. If you're not tired of hearing my voice, now listen to it with music behind it. We'll be right back. SGPN is giving away $1,000 in the Big Game Squares contest. It's completely free to enter, and all you need to do is follow the Sports Gambling Podcast on Spotify and give them a rating. Then go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash squares to enter for your chance to win a free Big Game Square. Also, make sure to sign up for the SGPN app to get your own Big Game Bingo card full of your favorite Big Game prop bets. If you get bingo, you'll win $57 SGPN gift card only catch is you must be subscribed to the sports gambling podcast and nfl gambling podcast on youtube to win free to play and exclusively on the sgp app welcome back to the notorious otv brought to you by the sports gambling podcast network it's mine i'm gonna spell my name one more time check it it's the n-o-t-o-r-i-o-u-s you just lay down slow so Race 10 has probably the most appropriate stakes name for any just pace meltdown of a race full of fillies, uh, you know, per, you know, possibly happening. Race 10, $125,000 Ford gal stakes. It's a grade two on the dirt. It's for the, it's for the three-year-old fillies. Uh, yeah, of course. Of course, it's going going to be just like a Chernobyl pace mount, meltdown. It's called the Ford Gal. What'd you think of this one? I mean, anytime you see those pace meltdowns appearing on paper, I think the likelihood that they actually appear in real life is significantly less. But yep, yep, I've been duped by this <laughs> several times. Yep. But hey, it's a possibility. You never know what's going to happen if more than one horse actually finally goes in any of these races. Um, I think one that a lot of people will be attracted to is Atomically. She was kind of the Gulfstream queen going into that Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies. Didn't really show up in there, but does now cut back slightly and clearly appreciates the surface. I'm going to try to beat her with two others. Um, Undervalued Asset is the one of them who rated just off the pace on debut. And I know that we see a lot of horses in their first start just go right to the lead and win that way. So I like that she was able to at least sit off another horse. She was ridden very confidently and was much the best going six furlongs. Got a 72 buyer for that. Who she beat is a fair question. Biloxi Blues did come back to run. Met a very promising pleasure debut runner in Bandita in there and didn't really show up or show enough in that race. So I think it's fair to be like, all right, who's undervalued asset really been facing? And is she that good? But I'll take a shot with a horse that I know can at least rate. And then the number nine, Positano Sunset, ran second to Julia Shining, Malathat's sister. In her second start, going seven furlongs, got the win last time out, going six and a half at Churchill with an 80 buyer. So she interests me quite a bit. I know that red carpet ready is going to be on a lot of tickets. I pointed this stat out last week. Rusty Arnold is now over 47 with horses returning in 61 to 180 days. To me, they need a start. She can beat me. If she's anywhere near that four to one or lower, these horses get bet and they don't win. 
This was another just throw a run style kind of race at it. I I thought that this might end up a pretty quick pace with, with you know when I projected four five and seven Arella Star apropos and undervalued asset all basically going to the lead. Uh, off of that, the trips that I really like and the horses I ended up taking, uh, I used three. I, I I went with the one Flakes, uh, who you know impressive maiden breaking score for Juan Alvarado, uh, winning from off the pace. Uh, Atomically, which I, I think is where a lot of it's going to go. First start since the uh, BC Juvenile uh, was just outclassed by horses like Wonder Wheel, and then the eight uh, Red Carpet Ready can't turn down that Oscar Performance Philly right now. Has d- done nothing wrong thus far, and I actually kind of like hedging my bets with the the trip that I'm, I'm proposed by getting. You know, I'm betting a, a couple horses to the inside now. Give me the eight on the outside that's going to get that wide stocking trip that might be able to slingshot through the turn. This is where we can no longer be together. <laughs> what do you got? I'm just going nine and seven in here. We are completely different. This is yeah. <laughs> this is where the leg where friendships end forever. That's just it. It's over. Two paths diverged in a snowy wood. That's right. You didn't think you would get badly quoted Robert Frost today, did you? Boom. Race eleven. It's the Sweet Chance Stakes. Grade three on the turf, mile and a sixteenth, I believe. Uh, I mean, I'm going to be on the early speed again, and uh, I've got just a just a super super weird single in this one. Now the women love you when you get out there. Why do you think that is? What you say? The women love you when you get out there. Why is that, ladies? Well, I'm asking you. Huh? So awkward. I fucking love it. All right. Um. <laughs> so I'm looking at early speed. I've got. Fine. Let's see if you even bring it up. Who do you got here in the penultimate leg? Um, look, I'm with you on the one. Sweet Lou's got aces as one that it could beat these horses with the time form U.S. projection to be in front. Rosario is a little bit chilly right now, but he has been sending. If he does have speed, which he will in here, she won the Tepanet Aqueduct, run back-to-back mid-80s. She's a big player if no one can catch her. But Rosario with that 8% right now, I don't know what's going on, but it's not good. And so I wasn't quite as confident as you to single this horse. I am going to use a little bit of Cairo Consort, the number seven, who is ultra consistent. One last time out in the Ginger Brew. Third at 19 to one in that Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies. I mean, she was second in the grade one Natalma. She's faced tough company. She's facing decent horses again in here, but I like that she continues to show up. So I was just going to use these two. Yeah, so I, I I think if you look at early speed, if you want someone on the inside towards the rail at this distance, then yeah, I, I'm sold on Sweet Lou's Got Aces. I do really, like you said, I, I really like seeing that Rosario sent this horse last out when it got a win on good turf at the Backwaduct. You know, I've been working out at a training center, working well. I go with a, a different style of horse, and I'm just being contrarian to my, to my own logic here. So I, I just have to stick on these early horses. Yeah, but no, I, I do like Sweet Lou's Got Aces. I, I hope that, you know, the horse didn't, like, startle Joel and, it, you know, managed to get the lead before he could wrestle it back or, or, you know, what the deal might be. But I'm always encouraged when I do see that Rosario actually sends a horse like this to the front. There's a few trainers I feel like he'll actually do what they say, like, you know, to a T, and I'm hoping that uh, that this uh, tandem does that. Yeah, if she goes, she's dangerous, so she's got to be on my ticket for sure. All right, here we go. Derby points are on the line. We'll have a probably a Safi horse from Florida that everyone will be all gassed up about, and it won't do anything. 
The Holy Bull Stakes, grade two, on the dirt, $250,000, also a mile and a 16. Uh, I have this theory with the Derby and Derby preps alike that basically you just need to find the horse with a high cruising speed that can run longer than than everyone else because that's just the style of horse that wins these Kentucky Derby preps and there's style of horses that win Kentucky Derbies these these horses that can get out and just cook on the you know the opening quarter opening half and not fall off so I tend to kind of look for horses like that whenever I uh, whenever I'm you know playing these sort of races do you have anything like that in terms of like looking at the the big picture I mean, big picture, I wish I was seeing more horses that had some more credentials. That's the first thing that really comes to right. mind looking at this particular points race. Um, no, I don't really have any steadfast rules like that. I kind of just evaluate each race as we go, knowing that everybody does kind of have that derby in mind. And I know that they are going to want to see somewhere along the line if their horse can, A, handle the kind of distance, B, rate off of other horses and see where they stack up as far as class and i think those questions are the ones that all of these trainers and connections are looking to answer and i don't know that this is the greatest holy bull field that has ever been assembled favorites do make sense i'm gonna try to beat cyclone mischief though but even though he does come in off a 90 buyer but dale roman's currently over 17 recently in graded stakes races and I'm trying to take a shot against this one with a couple others in here, but I know that uh, he's someone that interested you a little bit. Yeah, I, as some of you may or may not know, I am a, you know, a follower of a rare religion. Uh, our deity is one half man, one half horse, uh, one half Dale Romans. That's right. It is the Dale Tar. Praise be to he. Alleluia. Alleluia. So I'm a sucker for Dale Romans horses. I'm actually... I, I really I feel like a, a super wise guy on these picks because I feel like wise guys love Dale Roman's horses and then I've got like a the sneaky uh, local local trainer kind of angle. Uh, but yeah, love Cyclone Mischief here. Uh, ran back very strong to win after seventh the uh, Kentucky Juven uh, Juvenile Cup. Uh, that's a race that's proved to be a pretty big key race with a lot of horses running uh, pretty well back out of it. And the horse has a real like A B A B sort of pattern. If you were going to take a knock at it, you would say that this is due to be a B after a big figure last time. However, if you look at how much the horse regresses in between those big pops, just in speed figures, it would take a much larger than average regression from this last top you know, figure that the horse has put out uh, to come down to about the, uh, the average of the field. Uh, the only other horse that I used was the sixth Legacy Isle for Rohan Crichton. Uh, who I believe wrote the Jurassic Park series, or maybe it was his brother, Michael, or something. Uh, undefeated so far in three starts. I love horses that have, haven't done anything wrong. You'll find horses that haven't done anything wrong get bet against a lot, and you can make a lot of money just betting on horses who haven't proved that they suck uh, yet. So, I mean, two of those, uh, two of the wins for this horse were gate to wire. Uh, Showed the ability to rate in one of the in the second career start, uh, two off the pace, and uh, was able to win it going by about like three lengths. Um, if the horse improves for the fourth straight time today, uh, it, it definitely could be, I think, actually a Derby legitimate Derby horse for Rohan Crichton. What do you think of Legacy Isle? Yeah, I mean, this one has some speed and can clearly sustain it going a little bit further too. Like you, uh, like you mentioned, I mean, this one just a DQ last time, but he's going to be involved early. And I think that he makes a ton of sense. He's going to be on my ticket. 
I wonder what they're going to do with the number one Lord Miles putting the blinkers on from the rail. It certainly seems like he's going to have to go. He was third in that race where um, Legacy Isle was disqualified. Maybe those two hook up a little bit, but I think that Legacy Isle can handle a little bit of pressure. The one that I want to sit just off of those horses is hopefully the number eight Rocket Can, who does draw all the way to the outside for Mott. Um, he's seven to two on the morning line, just like Legacy Isle. Um, it'll be interesting to see where everybody kind of goes in this race because the board fluctuates quite a bit at Gulfstream Park. Maybe this is the next uh, art collector-like performance we see, but you're obviously not going to get anywhere near 15 to one. No, I, I, I don't think so. I. <laughs> I ended up just irrationally confident here because I have a super friggin' skinny ticket. Um, this is nine dollars total for a fifty cent base. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and rattle off. First leg, I was single to the seven Shesterkin. Uh, second leg, four five seven. Third leg, one three eight. Fourth leg, one. And fifth leg, four six. Man, play it for like two bucks. And just have like a $36 ticket. Boom. There you go. You're in for high stakes. You got a day's worth of fun. How'd your ticket end up? Well, it's going to be 36 So if you bump up the, the price on yours, then mm-hmm. I guess uh, people can play for both tickets and just be involved early. Because we have a lot of similarities, but we do diverge in that third leg. I'm going 1-7 with 1-4-6 with 7-9 with 1-7 with 1-6 eight to close it out so not exactly my most creative ticket i've ever put together but i think some of these shorter prices do make quite a bit of sense and so i chose my spots to try to beat some of them but include others and we'll see what happens yeah the obvious difference is race three where we weren't friends anymore uh and then we resumed being friends again in race four and managed to take care of it so there we go the thing about gp is that we do pay four or five so (laughs) yeah so what do you got going on? What's uh what's coming up? Anything big you can talk about? You can drop any any nuggets here. Be the first, be, you know, let me be the first media to break it. I've always wanted to break news. Sarah, let me break news. <laughs> Will you be the first media to break it? You won't. Prob- no, I won't. No. <laughs> at all. No. First I mean, media out- I've read. Yeah, it's um it's been out on Twitter for a little bit and I was thinking like what have I done since then where I actually talked about it, but um David Aragona and the DRF Pacecast beat you to it, unfortunately. But yes, I will be joining the Naira team coming up. Uh, I start next Friday, actually, the 10th of February. A little production assistant role. So it'll be a mix of some uh, off-air, a little bit of on-air, um, as far as uh, occasional talking horses and some of their blood horse content. So yeah, I got a lot to pack. Um, and I have not done a lot of packing. And that is uh, something that I should really start doing. But would I be honest if I was going to say that's the next thing on my to-do list? Probably not. Have you figured out if you're going to work with Ben Wilkie yet? I think you are. And I think you're going to rather enjoy it, quite honestly. He's a good man. Yeah, that's your, that's your biggest uh, Naira personality. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. I've been using him covertly for years. Just, you know, sending him messages on Discord like, hey, can you send me a picture of the track? I want to see what the surface looks like. You know, getting sneak peeks before the before the uh, simulcast feed cut on at Saratoga, things like that. Um, a little soil sample in the mail just to get a real feel for what the surface is going to be like. And I don't remember what I don't know what he was thinking uh, that he didn't think I was going to make fun of him or something. But one time he sent me his uh, high school baseball recruiting uh, highlight tape that he had made 
and I just rag him about it constantly. Though I will say that the production value was was uh, really good, and uh, you know, if you're editing a major Hollywood movie, might maybe consider Ben Wolkie next time. Good to know. I'll have to talk to him about all of the uh, the video editing and uh, production plans. I want all the I I want you to come on back on and and give me all the the Serling dirt. Actually, no. I want I want you to pick just some random person on the uh, you know who who's on Talking Horses quite a bit and just like straight up TMZ feed me just uh you know behind the scenes sort of things like uh oh saw him stumbling out of the bar the other night when he was canoodling with whoever you know that sort of thing. I'm gonna pick the most random cast. Um... Uh, member that you would just like have never even thought of and come up with some sort of fun fact about them that you would never guess but yeah I have no fun and exciting dirt about anybody everybody's been really uh, really great so far really polite and professional and I've gotten to know a couple of them um, beforehand and look forward to getting to know the rest of them so I don't know that I'll have anything too exciting to share but maybe I'll make up a story about myself for you you listen I will I will grease palms for stories. This this show has a budget of literally tens of dollars, so I think I could buy that information. Sarah, it has been a pleasure as always. It was so great watching you on uh, Talking Horses you know, a couple of weeks ago. I was one proud of you because you did extremely well. Two, you seem to uh, time to tame the lion that is Andy Serling when it comes to head head to head horse debate. And uh, yeah, way to go! Real proud of you here. You always got a fan at the Notorious OTV. Oh, I gave you a mention. I yeah yeah it was it was a good one too. It was indirect, it, but it was, it was yeah. out there. I I like indirect mentions. I like uh, you know I like just moving around like a rumor uh, for my drug kingpin days. That's gonna be it for the notorious OTV. We will catch you next time. <laughs>